This is Lisa Nearing with Soft Skills 101, Life Skills for a Digital Age. This podcast is sponsored by the Ultimate Homeschool Podcast Network and True North Homeschool Academy, education that takes you in the right direction. True North Homeschool Academy offers live, online, and self-paced courses for K-12 grades, academic advising and career counseling, testing that satisfies state testing requirements, a unique special needs program, and community. Check out our Survive Homeschooling High School ebook. This ebook details all that you should consider as you plan and implement high school. You get the benefit of my experience advising homeschoolers from around the world over the past decade. It covers the core four subjects, electives, extracurriculars, sports, music, and so much more, how to put it all together, including forms to use. Also, check out our Young Professional series. These e-pamphlets are loaded with information about how to best utilize the high school years if your student has a particular career or vocational focus. Titles to date are written for budding lawyers, mental health and health occupations, educators, filmmakers, and authors. Included are 10 specific skill sets or activities that your students can do while still in high school to jumpstart their career Build their transcripts to garner easy acceptance and even scholarships in their areas of interest. And of course, we include soft skills to focus on for their particular career field. Put our experience to work for you as you educate your kids. In this episode of Soft Skills 101, I'm joined by my husband, Dr. David Nearing. We aren't focusing so much on our particular soft skill in this episode, but on ownership as outlined in the Ten Commandments. The Ten Commandments gives us a clear look at ownership. What is God's? What is mine? What is someone else's? This is so integral to soft skills, especially in this digital age. We often confuse ownership as things we think and talk about as real, when in fact, they don't really exist once we turn the power off. This episode goes a little bit longer than 20 minutes, but I hope that you make time to listen to all of it. As always, please listen, share, and download this episode of Soft Skills 101, Life Skills for a Digital Age. This is Lisa Nearing once again here with you for Soft Skills 101, Life Skills for a Digital Age, and I'm joined by my husband, Dr. David Nearing. We've been talking about soft skills all year long, the soft skill of creativity, time and distraction management, integrity, and so many other soft skills. One of the important parts of soft skills is just understanding ownership. What am I supposed to bring to the table? What is appropriate expectations for other people to bring to the table? And what our responsibility and ownership is all about. So today we're going to take a little bit of a break from talking about each individual soft skill to actually talk about the Ten Commandments and how the Ten Commandments actually teach us about ownership. Whose ownership? Who is responsible? for what part of the interactions. So David, welcome again to the show. I'm glad you're here. Thank you. I'm really glad to be here at the show. We are going to dive into the Ten Commandments, which sounds maybe like a little bit of a distraction from soft skills, but the Ten Commandments actually teach us a lot about what what appropriate expectations are for ourselves and each other. Well, I I think it's What's fundamental to relationships is being clear on this issue of ownership. Um, It relates to the idea of people as having personal sovereignty and that that sovereignty is granted us and created us as human beings. 
and it's granted us by a living God who has overall total universal basic uh, ultimate uh, sovereignty, but that as human beings we are created and given as individuals uh, areas of responsibility uh, that we are to take ownership and that that ownership represents our personal sovereignty, our being in the image of God, and is really basic to any authentic value system. If you mm-hmm. see any kind of aberrant value systems out there, it's typically because they're in some way uh, messing with that sovereignty. People taking ownership for something that's not theirs or not taking ownership for something that is, that is in fact theirs. And this whole technological age really in many ways blurs the lines between what's mine and what's yours because everything's out there all the time. And so one of the points of this podcast is really to talk about what is my ownership, what's the other person's ownership, and how do those ownerships interact? Well, it's highly important because... In technology, we do blur to the point where sometimes it's not even clear who is whom in any particular relationship or if there's a relationship of any real kind happening. Mm-hmm. It's These relate to basic concepts in psychology and psychotherapy of autonomy and, and choice but and, uh, and are directly related to the idea of self-concept. Autonomy is what I get to choose and, and what I want to choose for myself to determine. Self-concept is how I understand myself, but sovereignty is, personal sovereignty is granted by God, really kind of knits those together and puts them at a uh, more deep and meaningful level. So when you're talking about sovereignty and how technology blurs the lines between what's mine and what's yours, um, that's really the point of this whole podcast, is really helping parents equip their families, equip their kids to understand just what we would have considered a couple generations ago to be basic interaction between people. Well, that's right. But human beings have always struggled with taking ownership and, and responsibility for what, in fact, is theirs. Mm-hmm. That's human history. That's and the, just trying to sort out who's is who's and what is what. I mean, that's the whole point of land fights all the time, right? Mm-hmm. It's like, hey, I want your stuff. Well, no, you can't have my stuff. Well, as James says, you know, there are you know, wars. What causes the wars and, and fights between you? You know, it's James is talking about that idea of of people not taking responsibility for what's theirs or trying to take what belongs to someone else. Mm-hmm, right. And and this idea of, of ownership and sorting out ownership is really, really basic to having good social relationships. Mm-hmm. But it's also fundamental to being successful in business and in life because it's basic to respect and it's basic to love. So before we jump into the Ten Commandments, I want to get back to that point really quick about how technology is blurring the lines for people about who's is who's and what is what or authentic relationships. Oftentimes we feel like if we're in a conversation on Snapchat or Facebook or whatever, we have an authentic relationship with people. How is it not authentic? Well, my favorite example about technology, just to make it basic, is one smartphone. Okay. One smartphone? A person's smartphone. Okay. Okay. A person's smartphone is that we call it our smartphone, Mm -hmm. but what we actually own typically is a lot of the silicone and the wires and the semiconductors and the electronics in it, all of which are absolutely positively useless without the software or firmware installed, which we don't own. Mm. You know, that is owned by, you know, Verizon or Apple or Microsoft or whomever Mm -hmm. actually owns it. 
and they will often behave as if my smartphone or your smartphone actually is their smartphone. Is, this, is that why they have access to all of our contacts yeah, and pictures and all the stuff? Well, that's exactly it. Because <laughs> they that, actually own it. Because they actually own the stuff that contains the data. So you'll hear people say, well, protecting your data, and somehow that data is yours. But remember, that data is just static electricity. Mm-hmm. It's static electricity running around on these these uh, semiconductors. And, and so... When they have their software, their software is also running all this data. So <laughs> what's the difference between this electron and that electron? Hmm. Okay, you're getting a little t- bit too scientific here for me. So let's <laughs> that's maybe for a different podcast or discussion. But great point. Well, let's go to your Snapchat okay. idea. Again, you're talking about the authentic relationships. Mm-hmm. Again, authentic relationships until kind of what we're having here. I see your eyes, I see your mm-hmm. movements, I hear your voice, mm-hmm. and you're responding to the same with me. Right. The more we distance ourselves from that, the further we get from an authentic rhythm, mm-hmm. because I don't recognize what is your body, your tone, mm-hmm. your voice, your time, mm-hmm. and vice versa. And so in a lot of these electronic medium, we are losing touch with all that's involved in an actual authentic interaction with another person Mm -hmm. and a basic issue in all of that is not being clear what is yours and what is mine what is your time what is my time what is your space what is my space what is your machine what is my machine Mm -hmm. so like i said we're going to jump into the 10 commandments here and talk about personal responsibility and ownership right because if as i look through the 10 commandments what i see is every single commandment relates to this issue of ownership sovereignty responsibility And each of them sorts out a very major component in sorting out, you know, what is mine, what is yours, what is God's, what is a family relationship ownership. So I'm going to read the first three verses in Exodus 20. And God spoke all these words saying, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. You shall have no other gods before me. Right. So in this the in this first uh, commandment, and it depends whether you want to start it at two or three. I am the Lord, or you shall have no other gods. They they are establishing the same issue. Who is who is God? Who's the audience? Okay. What mm-hmm. is their relationship going to be? Right. So we have God's sovereignty. We have the role of the people, and we have their relationship. You know, I am the God who brought you out of Egypt. You're the people I brought out of Egypt. This shall be our relationship. I'm your God, nobody else. Mm-hmm. Awesome. So now we're going to go to four. You shall not make for yourself a carved image, any likeness of anything that is in heaven above or that is in the earth beneath or that is in the water under the earth. You shall not bow down to them nor serve them. For I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, visiting the inequity of the fathers upon the children to the third and fourth generations of those who hate me but showing mercy to thousands to those who love me and keep my commandments. Right. So this is an elaboration of that very basic relationship. It's kind of extending it and being clear exactly how far this goes. So you, so I am God. You don't get to make gods. You're God. I'm not God. Right. Exactly. You don't. Well, as, not right. you personally. Right. Right. As, as the people, the people don't get to make their own gods. Mm-hmm. The people don't get to say what's in heaven. That's God's, not the people's. Okay. And it also says, and, and our relationship is one of kindness and loving kindness and care and concern. But um, there's something that's mine and there's something that's yours. Yours is not to 
represent what is mine. Mm -hmm. I will represent to you who I am with loving kindness. You don't represent to me who I am with these idols. Mm -hmm. Okay. You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain, for the Lord will not hold him guiltless who takes his name in vain. Right. A lot of people understand this is primarily about stating the name of God in a in, in actual the 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 word God in a in a worthless or flippant or vain manner. And and it does relate to the basic issue, but the basic issue is much bigger than that. Taking the name of God relates to being his people. Mm-hmm. And you, you're, you're respecting his government. You're respecting his rule. You're identifying with him. And so you don't take that in a flippant or worthless or meaningless way. You don't say, I am a Christian, I am a person of God, and then act in ways that directly contradict all of that. That's so, taking the name of the Lord God and made. It's not taking ownership for your role as one of his people. So just like in Revelation where he says, uh, don't be a fence sitter. You're all in or you're all out. Don't have one foot in the world of mine and one foot in the world. You need to be all in the world or all with me. Well, it is that, especially when when the person claims to be part of the people of God, claims mm-hmm. to be a Christian, claims to follow who God is, but then is is really not recognizing that in the, how they discharge their ownership and sovereignty in life. Mm-hmm. Okay, so it's we're God's people. We act consistently. We do that, and we're not messing around here. And it's not just about don't drink, don't smoke, don't dance, and don't hang out with people who do. It goes deeper than that. It goes to the heart of the people. If your heart is not with God and you claim it, God sees the heart of man. So it goes way beyond just your surface behavior or activities. Well, again, if God is king, if he's sovereign, going back to the first commandment and we're his people, that's a total thing. Mm -hmm. It goes deep into the heart. It goes broad into behaviors. It goes into relationship. Again, it's us taking responsibility for what God has given to us, Mm -hmm. taking ownership, not taking what is not ours, do taking what uh, is ours to represent him on planet Earth. Mm -hmm. And and that's who we are as his people. Right. Okay, I'm in verse 8. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord your God. In it you shall do no work, you nor your son nor your daughter nor your male servant nor your female servant nor your cattle nor your stranger who is within your gates. For in six days the Lord God made the heavens and the earth the sea, and all that is in them, and rested the seventh day. Therefore, the Lord blessed the Sabbath day, and he hallowed it. Right. So there's a reason why people have traditionally called this the Lord's Day. Mm -hmm. Okay. It's, again, recognizing that God has given us sovereignty over six days of the week in order to labor for him, work for him, do the things that we need to do to live on planet Earth in relationship with one another. But he takes and he takes ownership for that seventh day. In that seventh day, it's a time to pause, rest, connect with him, connect with each other. And again, he's talking about the the broader creation around us. That's part of also seeing what God does. And so connecting with the world that we're in. So world, one another, and God is what we do on that day that God takes ownership for. And traditionally, taking a day of rest really set God's people apart. In the ancient world, there was no day of rest. People just worked seven days a week. So God's people taking a day off was a very unique thing to the people of God. 
Well, it's no accident that those in the ancient world, those were slave societies. Right. And slaves don't get to rest. Mm -hmm. And so it is, is representative of our citizenship and freedom in relationship with God that we get to take that day to recognize who we are, who he is, who we are with one another and what planet we're on. Mm-hmm. And that we aren't, we aren't somebody's, we aren't owned by someone else. We're owned by, by God. That's right. Mm-hmm. Right. We yeah. are free. We own, we have our own sovereignty. And we're, we're sons and daughters of a living God. Right. Well, again, we are his, and then he gives us what is ours mm-hmm. to discharge in a way that recognizes him and his sovereignty in what we do and take ownership and responsibility for. Mm-hmm. Okay, honor your father and your mother, that your days may be long upon the land which the Lord your God is giving you. Right, so we've now shifted here just a little bit. You know, we've established the relationship between God and ourselves and how that's to work together. What's his, what's ours, and what the relationship is going to be. And that's unpacked in those first uh, commandments. Now we begin to shift a little bit and talk about the relationship between generations. Mm-hmm. That, that there's something that, that mom and dad have. And that is something that's a little bit different from kids have. Mom and dad have the honor of having participated in bringing these children into the world. Mm -hmm. And so we as children do whatever we can to show recognition for that. Mm -hmm. And that's our job, our responsibility to recognize the honor of the parents to the extent that we have the capacity to do so. Mm And in some ways, technology is really shifting those that understanding of generations from what I can see online, is that anything goes in so many ways. And aren't aware necessarily of where their kids are at online. It's like we've talked about in previous podcasts, the kids might be in a room the parents don't even know exist. So parents, be aware of where your kids are, not to be pedantic and legalistic to them, but to help them understand Right relationships. Well, right. It, it's the the technological proliferation. The way it is tends to create this illusion that we can exist in some way autonomous and independent of one another, independent of generations. Mm-hmm. And that's a ludicrous thought. You know, right. it's that's that's ridiculous. But it is an illusion that begins to develop in people, particularly as they go out, they're independent, they're autonomous, they have all this technology, you know, there's this kind of sense that they're their own person and can command their own fate, Mm -hmm. uh, as as if they really live in that kind of world. And we just got done reading in the first commandments that, no, you you can't command your own fate, Mm -hmm. (laughs) and you live in a bigger world, and part of that bigger world you've lived in is the generations before. But that same concept, the generations before, are to do what they can to behave honorably, Mm -hmm. to make it easier for the younger generations to honor them. Mm -hmm. Okay. You shall not commit murder. Right. The, uh, again, now we're getting kind of real basic here. Yeah, it seems basic. Well, it's your life, not mine. Right. Uh, I don't get to take your life without some kind of lawful reason. I don't get to take my own life either. And that is a growing, a growing crisis in our world is young people, committing suicide. I hate to even use the word. I mean, Ben Shapiro won't even talk about suicides on his show because copycatting is such a huge deal. But suicide is a is a rising crisis in our country and in our world amongst young people in particular. And and when you when it says do not murder, it it means honor your own life that the Lord God gave you. Right. Well, the the thing is when people do that, often is they just don't see the bigger meaning, the mm-hmm. bigger world. They're in all this pain. 
and their perspective has basically constricted down to the you know the point of a of a, of a pin. Yeah. And and so they're not seeing the bigger picture. The whole point of all this of the Ten Commandments is see the bigger picture, right. see the bigger world. You're part of something meaningful and important. And the value that God attaches to His you. creation and to yeah to, to me, you to, to you. me right, right right. So recognizing your life is just basic. Right. In recognizing again, you have sovereignty over that life. You are to take ownership in the way God says to not destroy it. I'm not to destroy you. You're not to destroy my life. I'm not to destroy me. Mm -hmm. Again, it's a basic relationship. Right. You shall not commit adultery. Well, again, this one is, again, it's 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 an ownership issue. Yeah. It's a, a person's spouse belongs to the spouse. So there's an ownership <laughs> there. Right. Okay. It doesn't, it's not a commodity ownership. It's right. not like a thing. Okay. It's a, a different kind of, of ownership here. And this is a good time to talk about the difference between ownership and relationships and ownership of commodities. I'm holding a mug. Mm -hmm. It's a thing. The ownership I have over the thing is that it's a thing. Mm -hmm. The ownership I have in relationship is a complete, is a different type of ownership. It's an ownership to, and it's an ownership for understandings and expectations and sorting out ownership. I can't negotiate with my mug. Mm -hmm. I negotiate with you as we do pretty much every day. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. Okay. You shall not steal. Uh, again, this is... God has given you this thing called property. God has given me this thing called property. And when I recognize what belongs to you, this is the commodity ownership. We talked a minute ago about relational ownership. Now we're talking about the commodity ownership, mm -hmm. the things that God has given you to discharge in his name and the things that God has given me to discharge in his name and the things that we share together to discharge the ownership in his name. We're not to, to treat other people's things as if they're ours. I don't get to key somebody else's car, okay? I don't get to, to just make use of their property the way I want. Um, by the same token, they don't get to do that for me. Right. And again, a lot of ideologies really obscure all of these. You know, they really obscure these things. And this goes beyond just a thing. Like we're standing at a table, we're holding a mug, but there's intellectual property. And now with so much online um, there's, there's property, like, like we were saying, David was saying earlier on the show, um, there's these, you know, there's static electricity that holds our data. Well, the data that we put online, the, the lines of property ownership get very blurred very quickly. Right. So just something to really think about. Well, it, that's important to really sort, sort out. Our relationships depend on sorting those issues out. What do I own? What do you own? What is it that I own? Okay, you shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. Right. This has to do with taking ownership for one's experience and true statements relating to your experience. My experience is not whatever I make it up to be. My experience has to do with facts and emotions and understandings. But when I start to apply fiction in the context of speaking truth to one another, what I'm doing is I am not, I am extending my ownership over experience beyond what is right because mm -hmm. God has given me these experiences that I am to re reflect faithfully when I'm in a relationship where true statements are fundamental to a just outcome. Mm -hmm. And what about how people feel? Because a lot of times people feel something and they, they say, hey, this is what happened because I felt it happen, which is com it, it confuses everything in so many ways. Well, again, that's blurring what is, what is owned there. I, I do own my feelings. Mm -hmm. My feelings are mine. And my feelings are an understanding of what occurred, 
but my understanding of what occurred is not the same as what in fact has occurred. Those mm-hmm. are two distinct things. So really sorting out fact from feeling and, and understanding. And fiction. And all fiction. three is. Okay, three yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> fact, all, fiction, and feeling. Fact, fiction, and feeling. And also just the logical sequence of how things occur in relationships and discussion and negotiating and, and conflict resolution. That takes... Sometimes putting your feelings and your emotions on the back burner so that you can really work things out. And that's in, and that's oh, and, what. And offense, if I might say that word. Well, again, offense does not relate to I, what I feel. Offense relates to a, per, a principle violated. The principle negotiates, uh, arbitrates, and mediates between what is yours and what is mine. Mm-hmm. That's what a principle of relationship is for. My emotion of offense is does not indeed establish an offense occurred. Okay, right. So I might feel offended, right? But that doesn't mean a principle has been violated. And when I when I confuse the two, a lot of damage can and often does occur. Well, and every parent who has more than one child understands that. <laughs> when Johnny and Mary come up to them and say, you know, Johnny hit me, and or you did this for Johnny, and it's not fair. The child is referring to their their emotions and their understanding, not a deeper understanding of the principles that occurred. There might be a fairness issue, but just as likely there may not. Mm-hmm. Okay, you shall not covet your neighbor's house. You shall not covet your neighbor's wife, nor his male servant, nor his female servant, nor his ox, nor his donkey, nor anything. That is your neighbor's. Right. This is a sort of an extension of thou shalt not steal, and also thou shalt not bear false witness. Because in coveting, what I'm doing is I'm saying to myself that something of yours is somehow to be mine, and I'm going to start taking those internal deep actions to start treating it as so. Mm -hmm. It's not just that I desire something, it's I'm going to start doing planning and plotting and thinking in my head how I can do that without explicitly recognizing that it belongs to you. Like, if I want to buy from you some figs in a marketplace. Mm-hmm. When I go to the marketplace, I am specifically recognizing that I need to buy your figs with an exchange of money. But if instead I go to the marketplace and try to figure out a way to sort of con you out of these mm-hmm. without paying for it, the very act of beginning to plot that's called coveting. Mm-hmm. And I've started that that process internally, just like in adultery, I can start that process internally by enacting in my head ideas and fantasies and visualizations about how I can make someone else's, you know, spouse mine or treat them in that way. Mm -hmm. This is the same kind of thing. The covetousness is that issue going on in the heart where I'm taking actions internally to begin to make what is yours seem to be mine because I'm treating it that way in my head. Mm -hmm. Okay. So that this was a really fast run through of the Ten Commandments. But again, we hope that it brings some clarity to the importance of soft skills. Well, and again, all of this, all of these themes, the point of all of this is that there is God's sovereignty, mm-hmm. who he issues to us personal sovereignty and collective group sovereignty. And we are to discharge that by taking ownership for what is ours, either individually or collectively, not taking ownership for what is not ours, individually or collectively, sorting out that justly, honestly, and respectfully, and discharging our relationships in a way that recognize the the deep 
value of your personhood, of my personhood, what God has placed on planet Earth for, and, and the relationships we are to discharge in 